What's up, everyone? You're listening to the Weekly Football Trio Cast. My name is Austin Casal, and I'm joined by my co-host, Giovanni Falzone. Welcome into another week, guys. And the return of Anthony No. What's up, guys? Good to be back. He's back, y'all. He didn't. He was. He's here. We got him back. It's the trio cast again. It ain't the duo cast or the solo cast or the solo cast. So we got a new strategy. We are not going over the week anymore because we realize that's kind of boring. And so what we're gonna do is each week from here on out, we're gonna pick the top five most important games of the week in our eyes. And hey, if you don't think they're the top five, tell us which ones you think are more important. But this is just our top five that we came up with. But let's get straight into the news. So, a lot of injuries this week. Uh, Vin and Terry out for the season, the kicker for the Colts. Calvin Ridley out for the season, wide receiver for the Falcons. Mike Evans out for the season. You get the you get the you get the point here. Yeah, uh, Mike Evans. Uh, Marvin Jones too put on season-ending IR for the Lions. Uh, I didn't know that one. Um, yeah. Alshon Jeffrey out for the year. Yep, another one. Center center for the Niners. Richburg out for the year, and Odell's not out for the year, but he could be depending on how bad his injury is because he's been talking about that thing and who knows. But my question is to both of you, and you can elaborate on any of these if you want. I just, I just, I'll say one quick thing before I ask my question. I think Vinatieri's career is over. I think this is the final straw, and you know, it's, it's over for him. Great, great kicker, arguably the greatest kicker of all time, until I think Tucker's done. I think Tucker will be. But which of these injuries is the most important to their, to their respective team? My answer is Richburg, the 49ers center. But what do you, what are your guys' opinion? Uh, let's start with you. I'm gonna. Oh, Anthony, go ahead. No, go ahead, Anthony. <laughs> no, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to agree with you. Uh, Weston Richburg kind of gives off. He was having a Pro Bowl, all-pro type season for the 49ers. Kind of their anchor up front of the offensive line that's done really well in recent weeks. And to be honest, uh, he's kind of the only one on like a solid playoff team to go down recently. You know, uh, with all due respect to the other teams, Tampa Bay is not going to be buying for a, a playoff position. The Colts are far away uh, – like they're they're very far away from making that wild card spot or fighting for the South Championship, and uh, yeah, Ridley, the Falcons have kind of been done since Week Seven, and the Eagles. I mean, they lost to the Dolphins a couple weeks ago, so that I mean that's Weston Risberg and Alshon Jeffrey are kind of the big ones as far as like who's actually going to be in the playoffs. So I think Weston Risberg definitely the anchor of that offensive line for San Francisco. You know, they just had a huge win over New Orleans in the Superdome. Like, that's just to lose someone like that. That's going to be hard going forward. But uh, we'll see what the 49ers can do. Yeah, this is a team that started the year off as one of the top rushing attacks outside of Baltimore um, and Seattle. They're up there with, like, with teams like that. And so this is going to hurt their chances, I believe, in the playoffs when it comes time to uh, picking up third and twos and fourth and ones. And so um, we'll see, you know, how they gel together again. Offensive line, especially with the center position or the left tackle position, it's sometimes very difficult to plug those holes um, on the fly. We're, we'll see how they adapt because they have four running backs, I believe, that could each uh, make home run home run hitting plays in Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert, and even Jeff Wilson. So this is going to be interesting to see how they uh, adjust and 
you said it, Anthony. I think it's crucial because this is one of the teams that could be a one or two seed, and they're a playoff team that's hurt in this specific uh, specific position. Whereas the other teams, they've had some injuries at these positions, but again, they're probably not going to be in the postseason, so it's really not going to affect them going forward. Whereas the Niners, it will. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think the center going out is a big. Just like I said a few weeks ago, when the Ravens centers went out, um, I think I think the center is a big position for some of these teams. And I agree with Anthony that I think the Jeffrey one is a second most important, just because they're the only other team fighting for a playoff spot. Um, and especially you know, with how thin the Eagles' wide receiver core has been, and how bad uh, other players on that team have been. Cough, cough. Nelson Aguilar. Mm. I mean, if they even play, I mean, they're down to their fourth and fifth string receiver, and that showed last night. Um, but next on the list, unless you guys have anything else to say about the Oh, injuries, yeah, quick note. Weston Richburg, uh, former New York Giant. Continue. Yeah, but, I mean, our center's not too bad, and he's playing on a way better team than the Giants anyways. So, uh, anyways, uh, next on the list is a little topic of the Patriots spying again. Well, they they say they're not spying, but it's very weird to me because why are the Patriots filming something at a Browns-Bengals game? Why are they there? What's the point? I understand they might be filming some TV show, but who thought in their right mind, Cincinnati plays the Patriots next week. You know it would be a good game to go film our TV show at. Let's go watch the Browns play the Bengals. Stop. What? First of all, before before we even get too much into this, it's the Bengals. They have, what, one win this season? It's not like New England going in there and filming is going to make all the difference between a winner, a loss for New England. That's just, not the it's point. It's the Bengals. Though. I know it's not the point. I know they have a history of doing things like this, where they had Spygate uh, back in the early two thousand, early to mid two thousands. You had Deflate Gate. You have a bunch of other controversies coming out. But this isn't like New England went and we're looking at Kansas City or Baltimore's plays. Granted, it's wrong if that's what they ended up doing regardless of the point, but it's the Bengals. The Bengals are going to pick Joe Burrow. And it's, as long as New England isn't looking at Cincinnati's draft board, then whatever they're looking at right now has no barring on the, the end of the game come Sunday. My point, though, is why are they at a game that has nothing to do with them? What was the reason they were at the Bengals versus the Browns? That's the part that I'm trying to figure out. Well, the reason they the- were saying is for a documentary on Belichick and the Patriots dynasty. If you remember, Belichick. What are they filming there? <laughs> Belichick was once a member of the Browns coaching staff. So if they're hey. going and showing how bad the Browns have been since Belichick has left, which is very evident if you look at the the huge difference between Belichick's success and the Browns' success since then, and they want to show like this is what's going on now, then I get it. And they also have got a got clearance to record where they were. Now, granted, they didn't get clearance to record what they were or for whatever reason what they were looking at. But it's still, it's not like this is something they just went and did. This is something they got clearance for. They've been talking about for weeks. And it's not, it's honestly, it's not, it's not crazy. There are other teams that go and record at other, other teams' football games for certain things to show fan interaction, et cetera, et cetera. This isn't new, but because it's the Patriots and they've been a dynasty for the past, for the past two decades, it's going to be in the big, big, big spotlight. 
Yeah, I think, you know, they're playing the Bengals next. So, I mean, everyone wants to say it's because of this or that. But I don't know. Maybe they should stop filming because this Patriots team has not looked good. So whatever they're learning about the Browns and learning about the Bengals and if they're implementing it, it's not working. I don't know why you would record those two teams. I don't know what there is to gain out of it either. I'm kind of leaning that way, too. It's just it's just another Bill Belichick uh, and New England Patriot thing. And I know what they're trying to do to show the difference in, in how Cleveland was then to now and how Bill was involved in this transition. But uh, that's that's another discussion for another day, how Bill Belichick's record with Tom Brady and without Tom Brady is totally different um, in, in New England, even but even outside of New England, his success as a head coach was not good unless he had him at quarterback. Um, but they are playing the Bengals next. So that's, I mean, that's the only reason I would say it would be tampering or cheating of some sorts. But yeah, maybe it's just they're I don't know. I don't really know why they would have why do they would have been doing this at this point in the season for fan interaction or anything like that. Yeah, it's like you ha- if you wanted to film the Browns, why didn't you film them when you played them? There you have a perfect reason to be there because you're the playing them. Why didn't you film the Bengals when you played this them week. this week? It's just so random. That's the part that bothers me. Why are they at a random Browns Bills game or Bengals <laughs> game? It just makes no sense to me. But you know, we all said our piece. I, I don't like Anthony. I think you're right. I don't think they are necessarily cheating, but it's just super re- weird. They're they've been caught doing this weird stuff before. No, and, and that's that's the issue. You look back on past events and things with Spygate, Deflategate, and other things that have gone on during the Belichick regimen in New England. It just looks bad. Okay, so now we're going to move on to something new that we decided to do this week. We're going to talk about the top five most important games to us. First off on the list, we think the Bears versus Packers is going to be a very important game. Here's why. Packers fighting for that number one seed and winning the division. Bears technically might not be able to win the division. I don't know if the Packers already own the tiebreaker. I guess after this week they will. But Bears are still fighting for a playoff spot as well. So this game has big implications on the playoffs for Packers being the one seed and winning the division, possibly, or the Bears making the playoffs. Uh, what do you guys think of this game? Do you guys think the Packers are going to win and you know secure the division off of this win, possibly, or, or eliminate the Bears, maybe? What do you, uh, Gio? What do you, What are your thoughts? Well, this is a rivalry game, and in these games, a lot of the times you can throw out records. This one, you don't necessarily need to do that because you have a 10-3 Packers ball club against a 7-6 Chicago Bears ball club who's been stringing together some wins now. And Mitch Trubisky is going to be playing with the utmost confidence. And so I like him to make some things happen, not only with his arm, but with his legs coming off that big win on Thanksgiving and then on Thursday night again against Dallas. I think the Bears go in and shock Green Bay. They're going to win at Green Bay. I don't like the team. I don't think Green Bay are contenders. I think they're pretenders. And because of that... I like Chicago. I like the defense to limit Aaron Rodgers to 20 points or less. I think it's going to be a uh, you know one of those games that comes down to the end. But ultimately, the Packers haven't shown that they're a team that can put it all together in one game. I have yet to see them put it all together. They they've had some really bad eggs. They lost to an Eagles team. They got blown out by the Chargers. They got blown out by the Niners. They've had some, and even in some of their wins, just winning 20 to 15 against Washington and not, not stepping on the gas and putting their foot on the throat of the, of, of, of the, of the Redskins this past Sunday. So I'm concerned with this team. 
I don't know what we're going to get. Is Aaron Jones going to have 10 carries for 30 yards or he's going to have 16 carries for 160 yards? He's usually, he's either efficient or not efficient at all. And because of that, I like the Bears with the confidence. I think they go into Green Bay and pull off the upset. Well, you see, like Gio said, you know, rivalry games like this, you, you throw records away. The last time these teams played this season was week one. Obviously, things have changed since then. So you're going to get – you don't we don't know what we're going to get. Like you said, Trubisky's been efficient recently as opposed to at the beginning of the season. Uh, I mean, shoot, he looked like Lamar Jackson last week. So, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen, what we're going to get, but it has big bearings on the NFC North matchup and the NFC North standings for the rest of the season. Because technically the Bears are not eliminated from the division, if I do, because they're, they're three games behind. Hypothetically, they need a lot to happen. Minnesota needs to lose out. Green Bay needs to lose out, and they need to win out for the one division. But, you know, you've seen crazy things happen in the NFL, but you got a lot going on in this game. Minnesota's going to be watching because the Bears knock off uh, Green Bay and Minnesota wins. They reclaim first place in the division, and things go from there. So you have a bunch of shakeups going on just because of that one game and a lot of implications going on. Yeah, should be a good one. I uh, hope Packers win because uh, I like the Packers. I think they're a good team, even though – you know, they've had their struggles, but maybe they're just holding out, going easy, doing the usual thing where they play down to their opponents. That happens a lot in the NFL. Uh, but next up, the Texans versus the Titans, battle of the AFC South, both 8-5. and five. Big playoff implications, even bigger than that other one, because this one could really determine who's who's about to take the division lead and take over and win the division, who might go fall down a little bit and have a little tougher road. I personally think the Texans are going to win this game because, um, you know, I think they're the better team. But Tennessee, man, they've been impressive. They are 8-5, and five, and I did not think they'd be 8-5 and because I didn't think their team was all that good. But, hey, here they are, potentially uh, going to win the division. This game's very important. Uh, Anthony, what do you think? you think uh, Tennessee or Houston? What you got? You know, I'm going off Geo's last time and saying pretender. I think Ryan Tannehill has everybody in Tennessee fooled because he did this down here to us for years. And as a Dolphin fan, you know, I thought giving him that hundred twenty something million dollar contract for all those years, we were going to see something. But I'm on the flip side of saying that. I also want to—he's never had an offensive line, and now you put him behind perennial Pro Bowlers. And Taylor Luan and a really good right tackle and Jack Conklin. You give him a running game with one of the league's top rushers and Derrick Henry, who also has 13 touchdowns. And you get AJ Brown looks solid. Corey Davis is good when he's healthy and efficient. Uh, Delaney Delaney Walker, I don't even know if he's if he's hurt still or not. But just when this team's healthy and Ryan Tannehill wants to go ahead and click, they look good. But I think he's the ultimate pretender. He's the ultimate uh, like he's could have run away with so much money from the NFL from contracts that I don't think he necessarily deserved, and it's crazy. And one more note on Tannehill. He played wide receiver in college, quarterback in the NFL, and he laid a hit like a dang linebacker on Sunday on the Raider D-tackle that intercepted him. That that, that was kind of impressive, not going to lie, though. 
Yeah, so I'll jump in here. This is definitely one of the games of the week for sure. It's going to be a big factor in going forward because they play the Texans twice in three weeks. So this this time they get them at home. Um, weeks ago, I had Houston winning this division. And so in this game, it's not a must win for Houston, but I think Houston needs to rebound after their debacle against Denver, which I don't really see as a debacle. I mean, yeah, the Texans should have played way more competitively, but this has been a Denver team that continues to get up by 10, 13, sometimes as many as 20 points on good teams and blow leads. Only this time they hung on. So um, it looks bad because of the Broncos record, but I think the Broncos are a better team than than, than, than their record indicates. And so uh, the Texans need to rebound. The, the Deshaun Watson-Hopkins connection is real. What will we see out of Will Fuller? He was inactive last week. We'll see if he's back. What will we see out of Kenny Stills? Can they get the ball uh, on the ground going with Carlos Hyde? Um, the truth of this is it's going to come down to Houston's defense. And while I think Houston still locks up this division and wins it, as they will win two out of their last three games to lock it up, this isn't the most crucial one, but they at least need to play, play well and, and make this a game. Because if they get blown out, if the Titans... If AJ Brown goes off for a buck 80 and two, if Derrick Henry goes off for a buck 60 and two, they're not going to have any confidence when they come to NRG in a couple weeks. So they definitely need to play well. I won't say it's a must win. Um, I think Tannehill is, is that type of quarterback. He's an overachiever, um, but he's underconfident. He reminds me a lot of a Kirk cousins. So I could see the Titans, honestly, as high as they are losing out, potentially only going one and two in the stretch, missing the postseason as I do with the Vikings. All right. Well, we'll see what happens this weekend. Next up on the list is Eagles versus Redskins. Now, the game itself, both teams aren't necessarily fighting for the playoffs, a.k.a. the Redskins. But the Eagles are in that close NFC East, 6-7 and seven, tied with the Cowboys, who are also 6-7. and seven. This game is a must-win for the Eagles because if they lose... And the Cowboys win that week 16 looks even worse for them because, yes, they could tie them. But you want to get as many wins as you can at the end of the season and try to pull away, you know. So plus there really wasn't many other games that we thought could be important. So we went with Eagles Redskins and, um, you know, I think the Eagles need to win because if they lose to the Redskins after looking like how they did against the Giants and losing to the Dolphins. And it's just like, you know, it. It could be disastrous in Philly, but, you know, Philly's offense is struggling. They fourth string receiver, fifth string receiver. It's just tough, you know, when you lose all those weapons. But um, what do you think? Do you think if the Eagles lose this game, they could still win the division? Technically, they can. But do you think if they lose it, they're out? Hey, this game, um, if you watch Monday Night Football and you're a Giants fan, you know that any other team except your team would have beat that Eagles team a night ago, depending on when you listen to this. But that Monday night football game, if any other team was playing the Eagles, they would have won. But because it was the Giants who Eli had a great half, and that's all he could give them, and then the, finally the Eagles stopped playing games, but even then they still look sorry. And you could say it's to injuries and this and that, but Carson Wentz, he is not protecting the ball. That game could have been over if uh, Golden had caught that batted ball because he's blindly throwing it into a, a sea of hands in his face. Um, so this game, I think the Redskins have been playing better than the Giants. I still think the Giants have a better roster than the Redskins. 
I wouldn't put it past them. I think the Eagles are going to struggle again. As much as all the hype is at coming off of a overtime victory against the Giants at home, that look was a pathetic effort. So much so that they got booed going into the locker room. So I think the Redskins could play spoiler here. Um, I, I think they've been officially eliminated from all different tiebreaker scenarios. But man, even without weapons, Carson Wentz, you got to protect the ball. And New York Football Giants. There is one. Please explain to me how the one person you're supposed to guard, the one person that's even left in Zach Ertz, gets that wide open and scores twice in that game. I don't understand it for the life of me, but the Redskins are going to keep this game close. And if they do, I like their chances. The Eagles don't necessarily need to win this game to win the division. The Cowboys are so up and down. The Eagles are so up and down. This entire division is so up and down. It's going to come down to week 17 to whoever wins this division. You know, the Cowboys went from early season contenders to making Trubisky look like Lamar Jackson. The Eagles lose to the Dolphins and then barely beat the Giants in overtime. Like, this division is just so flip-floppity. We don't know what's happening or what to expect from anybody. That is going to come down to something on week 17 to where we find out. And like I said, I, I believe there could be a situation where uh, the NFC East winner could be seven and nine or eight and eight. I agree. I wouldn't be surprised if a seven and nine team makes the playoffs. We'll see. Uh, so next up, we'll talk about that other NFC East team, uh, the Cowboys versus the Rams. We think that is another very important game. Back, same thing about the Eagles, but also the Rams. That are important in this situation, too, because the Rams are fighting for that wild card spot, which they are very oh so close to making because the Vikings are only one game ahead of them. So big game for the Rams to try and make the playoffs. Big game for the Cowboys because the Cowboys are trying to win the division. Now, once again, with the Eagles, Redskins, Cowboys could technically lose. It really all comes down to week 16, let's be honest. But since this game, it has NFC East implications and wild card implications for the Rams. We thought it'd be an important game. Uh, Gio, do you think that your boys are going to win? Do you even care? Because, like like we said, Week 16 is probably going to be the, the end-all, be-all. What's your thoughts? Yeah, the truth is, do I care? Do they care? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Because they didn't tackle anybody last Thursday night, um, which Rod Marinelli coaches the exact opposite. He's a gang-tackling coach. He says run to the ball. That's why Demarcus Lawrence got paid, because he's not just a pass rusher. But we're seeing a lot of missed tackles, a lot of people not go and and, and gang-tackle the, the ball carrier. So will they show up against Todd Gurley? Will they show up against Robert Woods, who has it clicking with Jared Goff? Will they make Jared Goff look like Jared Goff of weeks 1 through 13? Or will we see the Jared Goff that we saw a week ago against Seattle? Um, and even then, can they force him in, you know, into some turnovers as he's prone and known to do? As he did, even when looking good, he don't look so good. So it really depends on what kind of team shows up. Does Chris Richard have them in the right position? Does Rod Marinelli get them motivated? And can Jason Garrett just be Jason Garrett and stay out of the way? We'll see. On offense... Kellen Moore needs to figure out what am I doing so well in the first 15 to 20 plays that are scripted and for the rest of the 60 plays that are remaining in the game, why do those not go so well? We need to feed Zeke at least 20 times as we've been doing for the last three years. 
which has led to the success of the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott and the crew. But what I what I'm really looking forward to is if we lose, it don't even matter. You're going to hear the same song story and it's and I don't think we're going to win this game. Quite frankly, we're at home. We don't deserve to win this game. The Rams are a surging team. They look a lot better than we do. But it doesn't matter because this isn't a must win. Because even if Dallas loses 45-7, to all they got to do is win out the last two games. They're 4-0 in the division. If they beat the Eagles Redskins, they win the division. No matter if the Eagles, whatever they do. It doesn't matter if they lose to the Redskins, beat the Giants, or beat both. All we have to do is win the last two games. So frankly, I don't know what team's going to show up. I'd like for motivating purposes and for maybe getting get, getting on a roll purposes i'd like to see a w but i can't make it a, a logical argument as to why we're going to see that until we see a different team show up after the first drive of the game so i think this is a battle of two of the most inconsistent teams in the, in the nfc uh as much as i was saying that the cowboys are all over the place the rams have been too uh, Jared Goff went from MVP candidate last year to looking like uh, Jameis Winston at times. Turns the ball over way too much. Puts his teams in bad situations. I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. The Rams, nobody had any way to figure out McVay and the Rams' offense, and now they go from scoring 40 points a game to like three or being shut out, and it's. There's just so so much inconsistency with that team that I, I don't know what to expect from this game. I know it's important. There there's huge implications, uh, but like Gio said, Cowboys can lose and then still go on to win the last two games to win the division. So it's as much as I, it might be more important to the Rams than it is for the Cowboys. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, we'll see what happens this weekend. And the last game that we're going to talk about are the Bills versus the Steelers. This game has wild card implications on it. Steelers win. I believe they get the tiebreaker and will have the wild card spot over the Bills because they'll have the same record at that point. And the Bills might go from 9 and 3 to 9 and 5 and they might lose the next two games. They might go from 9 and 3 to 9 and 7 and not even make the playoffs after they were basically guaranteed a playoff spot almost. Uh, I think this game is probably the most important game of the week outside of Houston, Tennessee, because of that division. That's a big division game. Um, so I say big game here. I think the Bills are going to win. But if the Steelers win, man, they're going to be nine and five. They're going to be in the wild card when that everybody thought their season was done week two. And impressive job with the Steelers. But uh, Anthony, uh, what do you got? You got Bills or Steelers? So my realistic pick for coach of the year is going to be Mike Tomlin. As much as I love Brian Flores and what he's done with that awful team in Miami. Uh, Mike Tomlin has taken a team he lost. Uh, arguably the, one of the best receivers in the league last year. Arguably the best running back last year. Hall of Fame quarterback gets hurt. Uh, the whole debacle with Cleveland happens. And now he still has his team in prime position to make the playoffs. Do I want them to win? No. Why? Dolphins draft pick. But I think the Bills are just overall a better team. If Josh Allen could just protect the ball, I don't think that the Steelers are going to be able to do anything offensively that Buffalo can't stop. Buffalo has a good defense. Josh Allen makes just enough plays sometimes to get them to W. 
But an also very interesting note that I want to talk about for this game is that uh, there will be three brothers playing in this game come Sunday. You have Terrell Edmonds, the middle linebacker from Buffalo. You have his brother, I want to say Trey Edmonds. And then Tremaine Edmonds is the linebacker for the Bills. Terrell Edmonds is a safety for the Steelers. And Trey Edmonds is the running back for the Steelers. All three of those brothers are healthy, cleared, and ready to play on Sunday. And I think that's very interesting. Parents got to be very proud. To raising one NFL player is an accomplishment in his own, but to raise three that are all going to be playing at the same time, that's awesome. Yeah, so in the words of uh, Lee Corso to Austin, not so fast. And that is because the Steelers are going to win this game, and the Bills will drop to 9-5. and five, And this has a lot to do, and no shade to Sean McDermott because he's doing a heck of a job with this team. But what Mike Tomlin is doing is even greater, and they couldn't get any more healthier for the right time. This is a home game in Pittsburgh that got flexed to Sunday night. That matters on the national stage for a cornerstone franchise like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not that Buffalo isn't, but Buffalo is known to as a franchise to have lost in the biggest of games, on the biggest of stages. So their fan base is prepared for that. Although I do expect Bill's Mafia to show out and show up at Heinz Field Saturday, uh, Sunday night, but this is going to come down to Josh Allen going up against a defense that's going to scheme well against him, that's going to tackle, unlike the Dallas Cowboys, as we were talking about a minute ago. This is a team that's going to force turnovers. This is a team that's electric in special teams, as we saw last week, albeit against the cards. But come on, Deontay Johnson, this is a team that I believe, and all reports are leading upward, that is going to get back James Conner. James Conner makes this offense a different offense from what he can do to catching five, six, seven, eight balls out of the backfield. And the way he runs is different than an Edmonds, is different than a Jalen Samuels, is different than even a Benny Snell who's looked good at times this year. This is a guy who can get you 150 to 200 total yards from scrimmage on offense on any given Sunday. And that's where the Bills are going to be susceptible, is on the ground, on the road, on Sunday night. I think James Conner comes back. He has a huge game. Hopefully that shoulder holds up. But you don't want to throw to Tredavious White. You do not want to throw against Buffalo. I'll give them that. Their pass coverage is going to be stout. We don't know if Juju is going to be back. It looks more like James Conner, possibly Juju. Um, but they're going to want to play within the system, as Mike Tomlin has been wanting to do week in, week out with Doug Hodges. So we're going to see what happens. But give me Pittsburgh at home, Sunday night football, with Mike Tomlin and James Conner returning. And that is our top five most important games of the week. Let us know what you guys think are your most important games of the week. Let us know if we were right. Let us know if we were wrong. We like your opinions. Please let us know. And with that, we're going to move on to upset picking game of the week. We're going to keep that segment. We're also going to keep fantasy players. We just wanted to switch it up this week and uh, try something new. But my game of the week, we were just talking about it. I got Bill Steelers game of the week because, I, like I said, I think it – I think it's going to be an important game. It could be a good game. Um, and uh, that's my game of the week. I just I just think it should be a good game. And then my upset pick. Anthony, you was talking about it earlier, that the Patriots don't need to film the Bengals. Well, guess what? They going to need to because the Bengals are going to go in there. Or wait, sorry, they're at home. The Patriots are going to come in there and take an L to the Bengals. Bengals going to have two wins. Let's go, Bengals. Who, who got something to say? What's up? 
Hey, it's true. They film it for a reason. They shaking in their boots. They're like, Andy Dalton scares me. Joe Mixon scares me. We got to film. We got to film. Okay, so now for more realistic upset pick of the week and, <clears throat> you know, stuff like that. We'll, we'll, we'll flash back into reality now. My game of the week, I'm going to go uh, Texas and Titans. You know, I love the divisional. This is for the division lead, and I think they play again week 17 as well. Uh, this is big. This really comes down to who has the upper hand going into week 17, who has the upper hand going forward. So, and honestly, I think it might make a difference. Let's say if the Titans win this week and next week and the Texans lose this week and next week, the Titans will have the division before they even get to the Texans week 17. So this makes a whole lot of sense going on going forward to being the game of the week. Now my upset pick, two of the bottom four teams in the league. I got Miami. Going into the Meadowlands, beating the Giants, upset pick of the week. Giants three and a half point favorites right now. I got Miami by seven. So you out here making fun of my upset pick, and you picked the Dolphins to beat the Giants as your upset <laughs> hey, pick. Hey, it's what an upset. Wrong? At what? least it's at least it's an upset that's reasonable. You're picking a one in twelve team to go and beat arguably one of the top five defenses in the league right now. Not a and chance. You're picking Tom Brady, the- not happening. And you're picking a bottom five team to beat the second worst team in the league. What what upset is that? That's bottom like pick- four team, thank you, but still an upset. Still an That's upset. like picking a, a trash can to beat up a, a dumpster. Still an upset. I, I pick no. All right, moving along, my upset pick. I've rolled with them time and time again. They've come through. They've let me down. They've come through. They've let me down. Denver Broncos on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, you could say Kansas City, oh, maybe they don't have a lot to play for. Oh, maybe they locked up the division. But the truth is, they're trying to get a bye. Because if this Kansas City team doesn't get a bye, I tell you who they don't want to see. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers. They don't want to see Minka. They don't want to see that defense. They don't want to have a ground and pound type of game where Mike Tomlin possesses the ball for 35, 38 minutes of the, of the ball game. They don't want to deal with that. They're trying to get a first round bye. But Denver is going to have something to say about that when they go to Arrowhead this Sunday at 1 o'clock. I like Denver. They're coming off with a lot of confidence. The defense is playing with swag. Um, Drew Locke, we'll, we'll leave him for next episode, but I got a lot to share about Drew Locke. And uh, then for my game of the week, give me Kirk Cousins and Phillip Rivers. I, sometimes I don't know the difference. And I'll tell you what, I think the Vikings are going to lose out. I think this is going to be another failed season with Kirk Cousins at the helm. And I think the Chargers win. The Chargers looked like almost – near perfect against Jack, albeit against Jacksonville, but come on. This is a Chargers team that's been up and down, up and down, and find ways to lose games. You know who finds more ways to lose games? I believe it's Kirk Cousins. I believe he's going to do it again. I think he's going to lose at L.A. when he should win, and if the Bears do beat the Packers, that's going to be interesting because they still got to play each other. So my game of the week is Vikings-Chargers. Give me the Chargers in that one, and then give me the road team in Denver over the Chiefs. Kirk Cousins hey. didn't find a way to lose against Dallas. No, Dallas found a way to lose against Dallas. That's what that's happened. Because Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, it, Kirk Cousins didn't do nothing. Kirk Cousins threw two touchdowns within five yards. And, and other than that, he didn't do much. It was all Dalvin Cook. And the whole season's been Dalvin Cook. And if Dalvin Cook, he is right, but if he isn't fully healthy, it's going to limit their 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 chances at making a run. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say the team that always finds a way to happen, to quote Stephen A. Smith, the Cowboys are a disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> they're, they're the team that would be finding ways to lose. But 
you know, talk to me next week, Anthony, when the Bengals up to the Patriots. Let's go. All right. We're going to move on to fantasy players of the week. There's one guy that we've talked about every week, and I got to bring him up. I got Lamar versus the Jets. He's going to do his thing. He's going to run all over them. He's going to break the single-season record for rushing yards for a quarterback. I got him as my quarterback. Earlier, we were talking about Aaron Jones against the Bears. I think this is his revenge game because week one, when he played the Bears, he looked like garbage. He's going to get a revenge game and go off on the Bears. And then I got Michael Thomas versus the Colts. He's looking to break some records, trying to break the single-season catch record. I think he's going to get 12, 13 catches against the Colts, and the Saints are going to get the dub. And that's my fantasy picks. Uh, Gio, go ahead with your fantasy picks. Well, with the Mike Evans injury and the way Jameis Winston plays, you know where I'm going. It's Chris Godwin. I mean, Chris Godwin, now the sky is the limit. We, we I mean, yeah, he, you could say, oh, he's going to be seeing number one coverages, this and that. He is going to be force-fed, I mean, like none other. This is a team that really can't run the ball. They don't really commit to it either. Bruce Arians is like, ah, let Jameis Winston have 45, 50 attempts. It doesn't matter. So they're going in a dome on the road at Detroit, and I think Chris Godwin is going to want to show I'm the better Kenny Galladay. And so he's built similarly. They both have had uh, similar breakout games throughout their young careers, and I think Chris Godwin's going to show out. So start him as your wide receiver, too. If, if he's your wide receiver, one, that means you're dealing with injuries. Um, most, most of you guys could probably even flex him, depending on, on the uh, layout of your team. But Chris Godwin, feel confident in the second round of the playoffs this week. At uh, running back, I've talked about it before, and I'm going to say it again. I think he comes back, and I think he plays big on Sunday night on the big stage at home, and that's James Conner. If they say, all right, he's right, he's ready to go, look for him to have a huge game um, against the Bills as they rely on him to carry the load, and I believe he will take them home the way he catches the ball to the backfield and runs it up between the tackles and on outside, outside zones and screens. He'll be legit. Start him with confidence. So that's my receiver running back. At quarterback, I'm going to keep it rolling with Drew Locke. Four passing touchdowns to follow up his three passing touchdowns. Drew Locke um, scares Kansas City and finishes it off. You can start Drew Locke. Pick him up off waivers if you had a quarterback who's has a tough matchup this week or is dealing with injuries or you just don't trust. Kept pressing the screen too many times trying to, you know, unmute myself. So I'm going to go with uh, – where was it? I had them all written down. Okay, so I got Nick Chubb against Arizona with my running back pick. I got Cooper Cup against the Cowboys for my wide receiver pick. And I'm going to go ahead and I got Drew Brees against the Colts quarterback pick. You know, very uh, kind of obvious players, big players that have had big seasons so far. Chubb, I think, might be one or two in the league right now in rushing yards. Cooper Cup has near, like, eight, 900 yards, I think, 77 catches. Yeah, he's coming up on 1,000 yards, 77 catches against uh, a Cowboys team who at times doesn't look like they can stop anybody. And then, well, Drew Brees is Drew Brees. All right. That's it. That is our episode for the week. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. It is going to be on the shorter side because we took out the long segment of just talking about what happened and you guys already knew what happened pretty much. We were just kind of going over stuff everybody already knew. Um, but 
let us know if you guys liked it. Let us know if you guys want us to talk about the other stuff. You know, just let us know. We'll do what the fans want. And uh, do you guys have any final words for the episode? Yeah, if you want to hear us talk about your team, depending on who your team is, you hear us talk about the Giants, the Dolphins, and certainly the Cowboys. Um, But if you'd like to hear about your team in specific and give some analysis, ask a specific question. Maybe it has to do with the upcoming draft. Maybe it has to do with how how is the organization going to move forward with this injury or that injury or uh, what is it going to look like for them to play in this division that they're in again next year based upon how the division looks this year? I got to get my technical difficulties figured out because that's unacceptable. For sure. Hey, if if any of you know Anthony, you know that his Wi-Fi at his house is very iffy. So that's why, unless you're not at your house. No, I am. That's the issue. And yeah. There's nobody else here. <laughs> but anyways, that's the episode. Hope everybody enjoyed. Follow us on Twitter at TTrioCast. And um, hopefully all of you have a wonderful day or night, depending on when you listened. And see Man. you all next week. Share our podcast, dog. Have a good one, everybody, and uh, War Eagle. See you guys.